Today's reading is from the first book of Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. using this for the first time so click do I just click the lovely thank you You've got this, right? I've got this <laughs> so we're continuing on with our series looking at the values of our church through October we've heard about celebrating the life of Jesus how we worship and how we keep it Christ-centered Then we went on to living out our relationship with Jesus, what the relational aspect looks like, and today, how every member has an important part to play. We all get a birthday once a year, and as is the tradition in this country, we all receive a gift, at least one, hopefully. I received a gift for my birthday last month that contained the receipt for the purchase in case I couldn't use the gift or didn't like it. We can count on our family and in this fellowship our church family to recognise or mark this special day. Here's the good news. We've all received a gift from the Holy Spirit and this gift needs no receipt for return or exchange, who would question the discernment of God Almighty in his choice, just as he has determined. Plus, this present is present every day of every year to be used for the common good. Now, it wouldn't be a good idea to leave this gift unopened unused, abused, or discarded, now would it? The words common good are a great marker for who actually should benefit from these manifestations of the Spirit. I often wonder about the difference between sacrificial works enabled by our gifts for the common good and getting enormous financial rewards for godly works. 
American TV evangelists spring to mind. It takes a great deal of discernment or wisdom to consolidate the massive monetary earnings that some individuals enjoy as a result of the apparent saving of many souls, healing of bodies, and receiving the Holy Spirit in a spectacular way. Compared to the vast body of Christ, humbly working daily to share good, to share love and the good news out of the spotlight and with no expectation of financial reward. Now that, for me, is a conundrum at the very least. But meanwhile, here we are, not very easy to read. But meanwhile, in our NBC Every Member Value Statement, which can be found on printed cards at the back of the sanctuary and on the NBC website, so it's just the values part for this at the back. It says, we look to encourage, equip, and support one another so we can meet challenges, embrace opportunities, and reach our full potential. We seek to show Christ's love by being a church in which people's gifts are nurtured and used for God's purposes within our church, the wider church, and our community. Each person has an important part to play. I don't see any exceptions as to who should benefit from God's Christ's love. Just as Christ's love is not only generous, but never-ending, so our attitude of displaying and sharing this same love should be abundant and without reserve. Since the theme for this talk is every member, I'm not going to specifically examine each of the gifts as outlined in the first 10 or so verses of chapter four. Our human nature might unwittingly rate them in order of power or importance, which would miss out the point entirely of God's purpose for bestowing these gifts to each of us. That is, to work as one body. Working in unison and harmony, but in a variety of ways. Much as I love it, when, when Dave uses his talents and his gift in leading the praise and worship, I um, wouldn't want a church full of only Dave types. No offence intended, or worse still, a church full of me types. I thought I'd better get them first with that one. But how good a Christian do we need to be to receive a gift or gifts? Is it measured by how many years we've followed Jesus, or if we've been baptised? Or what position of responsibility we hold in church or the secular world? We could have many defining points of criteria that could warrant or justify the receipt of a godly gift. Basically, have we earned our gift from God? We all know the answer, but just in case you need to hear it, the answer is no, we haven't earned it. 
even as a result of our works and endeavours. Rather, our God-inspired works and endeavours are actually the result of our receipt of our gifts. God first, he equips us to glorify his kingdom, not in our own strength, of course, we're nothing without him. Christ is the head of this whole body on earth. If we take this picture of a body, there's no one here who could compile a definitive list of the functions required to make a body viable. It's the same as trying to define a list of functions required to make Christ's body on earth viable. All we need to know and believe is that our God-given gifts, however unexpected, are to be used and enjoyed to his glory and let's be thankful for them. It would, after all, be quite rude not to. Regardless of your intellect, the Holy Spirit working with, in and through us is among the top ten of hard things to fully grasp as a Christian. <clears throat> Nevertheless, the Holy Spirit is here, among us, working. If you've accepted Jesus as your saviour, you've received the Holy Spirit. And since you've received the Holy Spirit, you've got gifts. As if to hammer home this message, Paul repeats himself in so many words from verse 27 onwards. All of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. In this part of the passage, Paul's added helping others and leadership or administration, if you like. What's more, there are several other scriptures that speak of these gifts. The more I read into them, the more I understood that these gifts were not given on a whim from God, but as Ephesians 4.12 puts it, to equip the saints for the ministry, for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And in Romans 12.6-8, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. An additional gift, as in 1 Peter 4, 9 says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I thought of poor Martha when I read this. Poor Martha, 
busying ourselves in the kitchen with Jesus next door. Be careful not to get so bogged down with the task in hand that you lose sight of the gift you're employing and who you're actually doing it for. It's clear that we need to give it all we've got with the then do it ringing in our ears. And I think we should add to it, do it without grumbling with all these listed gifts. I mean, guys, if we really have a heart to build each other up in the body of Christ, we cannot afford to ignore all this. As I look around, it's just so exciting, isn't it? Who's got what? Although, it would be so brilliant if we all knew the answer to that. Let's help each other to shine a light on each of our gifts. Yes, it's true, some giftings are obvious in people. Don't make the mistake of thinking they are the chosen ones. Because we're all the chosen ones, all of us. You may think you've got nothing to offer and you just make up the numbers. No, God doesn't want that for you. It's not in his plan. The fact is, we're not here at NBC by accident. We're here through the grace of Christ. What's more, we want to nurture each other's gifts, build up one another in order to carry out God's purpose far and wide. It's true that there are some brilliant preachers and teachers and outstanding accountants and administrators or totally wonderful worship leaders. Take a look at our, at our values and see the words encourage, equip, support in order to meet challenges, embrace opportunities and reach our full potential. Wouldn't it be convenient if we could appoint someone or some team to look after this task. At least we'd have someone to grumble about if it wasn't happening. But they're our values and we're jointly and equally responsible for them. The truth is, we have a loving Heavenly Father and if we fully trust Him and submit ourselves by using our gifts that glorify Him, the results will be heavenly. It is a bit easy to be hesitant or indeed reluctant to recognise or employ our gifts, much like Moses in Exodus 3 and 4, when God told him he was sending him to Egypt's king to secure release of all God's people. Moses was so reluctant to do this, he argued several points with God brave why me lord i can't do that i'm an i'm a nobody they won't believe me what if they call me a liar well i'm not very good at speaking so i'm bound to make a mess of it god told him he would help him to speak and tell him what to say still moses resisted saying no 
Lord, please send someone else. God was so patient with him up to this point, but now he was angry, frustrated. God told Moses to get his brother Aaron to work with him and God would work through the both of them. On the simplest level, we learn from this account it's really quite futile to resist God's will, just as it's futile to ignore and therefore not use your gift. It's not only part of your own Christian journey, but part of the overall spiritual and practical growth of this fellowship. It's perhaps a common error to confuse talents with spiritual gifts. I'll go into that a little bit later on. Some years ago, Javier Bajir and his then wife Sharon led several workshops to examine gifts and talents, going on to discover how they might be employed in our Christian walk. Maybe that's something that could benefit this current fellowship as we continue on with our walk. So how might we discover and acknowledge our gifts? I don't know, I never saw it. I don't know if that's clear. So I've, I've mentioned this uh, illustration in the past, but I'll revisit it briefly now. The Jahari window was created by psychologists Joseph Luft and Harrington Ingham in 1955. It was a model to help with self-discovery and problem-solving. It's generally used by businesses in particular, but one could quite easily apply this model to help with our walk of discovery and recognition of our godly spiritual gifts. So the window has four areas. The top left shows the open area that is known by you and seen by those around you. Top right shows the blind area that is unknown to you but seen by others. The bottom left shows the hidden area that is known by you but unknown to others. And the bottom right shows the unknown area that is unknown by you and all. Regarding a gift that is used by you knowingly and benefits others who know it's your gifting is the ideal situation. The blind area suggests that although you apply your gifts for the benefit of others, you perhaps don't realise that this is indeed a gift. Any one of us who sees a gift in others could be so helpful by pointing it out to them and therefore build them up. Imagine if we all did that for one another. The hidden area could suggest that you're the only person who knows what your gift is. If this is you, be encouraged to be bold and confident enough to use it. If you're not sure how to start, then seek out another Christian to pray about it with you. The unknown area, although at first seems a little disappointing, could simply mean you haven't yet recognised your gift. Some 30 or so years ago, I was at a barbecue on the farm where I lived at the time. 
There were a number of families with their children there. I guess I must have interacted with the kids that afternoon. Later on, a person I'd never met before approached me and quietly said, you have, to, you have a gift of engaging with children on their level. The very least that did for me was to encourage further engagement with young people. I never forgot her words, and I'm forever grateful that she pointed it out as a gift. It gave me confidence. This sort of little exchange could give us all the motivation to highlight someone's gift and possibly make quite a difference to that someone's Christian walk, whatever area it might be in. Many of the gifts mentioned in today's passage appear to be paired up, for example, wisdom and knowledge. Moses disagreed with God in his choice to send him, however, with Aaron at his side to do the talking, plus with both of them hearing God, in Moses' eyes, the task ahead had a better chance of success. It gave him confidence. The gifts complement each other as it seems to me that healing accompanies miraculous powers. Prophecy is enhanced by distinguishing between spirits. While speaking in different kinds of tongues almost certainly requires the interpretation of said tongues. I wonder if you notice that the gift of faith stands alone it could be argued that this is the first gift we all received when we took our first steps with Jesus. My first steps with Jesus were riddled with internal arguments against the truth of Jesus as my saviour. However, I just couldn't shake off my newfound faith and the rebel in me did try really hard at times. But hey, hallelujah, faith is a great gift that I fully believe is non-returnable. Initially, I was nervous about what was required of me to follow Jesus, but as the years have gone by, this, faith, this gift of faith has remained in me. It's true. We all encounter peaks and troughs in our life, along with many gentle and not so gentle lessons being taught to us. Doubtless to say, many more are on the horizon. Praise the Lord. He is a faithful father who loves and nurtures his children. While our times of quiet contemplation with the word our Lord, are the foundation of the means to grow more and more like him, we might benefit from support and encouragement from another Christian, perhaps in the form of a prayer partner. I would urge you to be open to that with a view that God can put a person in your life specifically to work together to glorify his kingdom in a similar way that God put Moses and Aaron together. Be prepared for our gifts to be complementary to each other. 
Just a brief word on talents. As we understand them, there's something that you were instinctually born with that gives you unique skills and abilities. Talent is set apart from knowledge in that it is a, not a learned behaviour, although it can be strengthened and practised. Christians and non-Christians alike can possess a talent of one sort or another. Apparently not given to specifically glorify God, but rather to colour this world in so many different ways. So many ways that give us a glimpse of the creative brilliance of the author of all things. However, the Bible tells us that we are all born with distinct talents that set us apart from each other. Although some people share similar skills, God created each of us to be totally unique. When we display the talents that God has given us and also use them to glorify him, we will almost certainly experience life to the very fullest. Do bear in mind, the Bible is jam-packed with everyday regular people doing outstanding things that glorify God. You're an everyday regular person. You're a treasured member of NBC. Be encouraged to do something, anything that glorifies God. Because it says in Matthew 5, 14 to 16, you are the light of the world. A town on a hill, built on a hill, cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This message is clear to all talent holders and gift holders alike. Don't hide it, use it, share it, cherish and nurture the gifts of others and be thankful. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for not only saving a wretch of me, like me, but giving me gifts through your Holy Spirit. I want to honour and obey your instruction to use these gifts for the common good that in turn will glorify your name and build up your kingdom. Please stay with me and be patient as I discover more and more of you. Remind me that I'm part of your body and forgive me when I'm hesitant to do your will and help me to be bold in your beautiful name. Amen.